You're listening to Eric Payne and the Payne to Power podcast. Roll your sleeves up and get ready to get your hands dirty. Welcome to the Payne to Power podcast. My name is Eric Leon Payne and I'm your host. I'm happy to report that today is December 31st, 2017. So if you're listening to this podcast, either on December 31st or any day thereafter, guess what? We made it. Give yourself a a hand clap for that, a pat on the back, a foot stomp, whatever you need to do, a church finger of praise, a hallelujah, do what you got to do. But we're here and we're about to bring it in for 2018. So um would have liked to tape this sooner but hey whatever life gets in the way i have been encouraged by many in my life to just take it slow take it easy and stop trying to do the most as the youngins say do the most do the things always busy always running around i'm not on that hustler 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 thing but i do have a habit of busying myself so 2017 coming to a close and one of the things that i guess i wanted to do is just sound off on what matters moving forward so uh moving right along um here's the thing it's been an interesting year i declare 2017 the year of me now what does that mean i've said it in a few podcasts before for anybody listening for the first time please feel free to go back and listen to the previous 10 episodes that i've recorded in 2017 but the year of me means that i um am going to i spent the year 2017 focused on me um not selfishly focused on me, but focused on me. I am a divorced man. I am 46 years old. I am a father of two, a 22-year-old and an 11-year-old. They're both beautiful, um, healthy, ripe children. <laughs> um, Dad was a little messy for a little while. 2016, 2015, 2015, June of 2015, I think was around the time that, I, that the divorce became official. July of 2016. 15 is when I, um, the reality that I had to move on with my life kind of settled. Actually, it didn't settle in. I had friends move me out of my home. Um, in October of that year, I, well, in September of that year, I got upset and did what I called, uh, got my little red Corvette or the Pontiac Trans Am with T-top dating myself a little bit. I date myself in every episode. Um, <clears throat> but I bought an a luxury vehicle um, out of pain, out of frustration, out of wanting to show her whatever it was I was trying to show her. Um, didn't want the divorce, fought for the family um, till the very end, till the bitter end. Um, so that was September of 2015. And then 30 days later, I got laid off from my job that allowed me to easily afford that expensive car. Um, rewind 10 months before that, 10 months before, um, November of 2014, my father had a life altering stroke. He's still here. Thank God. But, um, he was a PhD, a beautiful mind, um, beautiful mind in the sense that, you know, very smart, a little socially awkward or stoic, um, judgmental, but you know, really nice, uh, really smart together, helping folks get ahead type of man. Um, he's in the profession of medicine and this stroke forever altered his life so this was my life um 10 months between november 2014 and october of 2015 everything that had meant anything to me either was taken from me or forever altered in 2017 i can say forever altered for the better or for my benefit but at the time i had no idea what the hell was going on so i've caught up everybody who's never listened before And here we are. Beginning of 2017, I decided that I was going to do me. Do me wasn't about YOLO, you only live once. It wasn't about, and I'm going to speak bluntly and clearly on this, it wasn't about plowing through as many women as I could in 2017. Um, uh, Just to backtrack a little bit, I spent 2016, I spent a lot of 2016 trying to reconcile with my ex-wife and impart upon her the value and of, 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 putting the family back together and what it meant to the children and what it meant for us and what, you know, all of that stuff. No, it didn't work. I mean, God decided that it was not in the cards for me, her, us, whatever. And I won't say that I gave up. 
I'll say that I concentrated my efforts elsewhere. You know, um, one of the things that I learned in trying to reconcile my relationship is that I really suck at trying to fix people. And I deduced that all of us do. Now, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to invoke God a few times. One of the things that I've tap danced around on this podcast is my spiritual relationship. I'm a spiritual guy. I love God. I go to church. I'm not a Bible thumper, although I read my Bible every day as best I can. I am not a Bible thumper, and I do not throw ram my religion down anybody's throat. And I also discuss at length. You know, I have I'm I'm completely open to having conversations about God, about the presence of God, about the belief that there is no God, about Jesus, uh, Buddha, uh, Allah, all of that. Um, I have had some wonderful, amazing, great conversations with people. I have an open mind. I mean, we live on a very big planet with a whole lot of people. It would be very daft and uh, dense of me to not consider other people's ideologies, beliefs, especially if they're if it's working for them, you know, and there's fruit in their life that that suggests that whatever it is they believe or don't believe is working for them. But one of the things that I decided that I was going to do for 20, um, maybe about two or three weeks ago, is I'm not going to shy away from my belief anymore because I believe that I have been shying away from my belief at the risk of offending others. I don't care anymore. Um, I'm not offend- I'm not an offensive person. So being proud of what I believe in without being overbearing with it is not anything that I need to apologize for. I also decided I'm not apologizing for anything unless I'm dead wrong. I'm not apologizing for who I am because I'm this way for a reason. God made me this way. I've spent my entire life trying to fit in. I've spent my entire life trying to be accepted by others. I spent almost all of my marriage trying to fit into a box that was created for me. Um, the husband, dad, man box that I, and I am a, I am husband material. I believe I am a dad, um, by design and by practice. I've been a dad for 17 years. And if you combine their ages, I guess 33 years. Um, but there was a there was a figment of an imagination. There was a, the figment of a person's imagination. My ex-wife, and I'm saying this with no disparity, was created. There was a type of man that she wanted me to be. There was a type of husband that she wanted me to be. There was a type of dad that she wanted me to be. And honestly, I didn't fit any of that stuff, right? Um, but then, you know, I was in love or thought I was in love or wanted to be in love. And I strove to fit all, check off all the boxes, T's dot I's and I became a perfectionist in what I believed she wanted and in the end after becoming what I perceived her as wanting she didn't want me at all um and that is not something that I say with any kind of disdain or anger what I say is that is the downfall of the people pleaser that is the downfall of trying to seek validation from other people i seek my validation from myself now i seek my validation from the man upstairs and when i need counsel and uh constructive criticism and maybe even some 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 building up i go to my boys i have a council um this is something i've mentioned in previous podcasts i have a council of men that i um go to um some of it's peer but most of it is men who've been around a little bit longer than me dudes in their 50s and 60s who've had rodeos way worse than mine and can say yeah you think you're going through something right now little man but you're not (laughs) and life has been really really good because i am always in check i am i'm being checked from every side um i ran into something recently and i didn't spaz out i called my boy and we talked for about and an hour about it and the thing is too for anybody listening who's wondering like how do you get into this space you have to decide what you need and what you want you have to have the strength heart temerity determination to decide that you want different and better for yourself and then obviously you are not going to be able to do it by yourself because if you could you wouldn't be sitting somewhere by yourself deciding that you need to do better so Then what you have to do is write down what you need, write down what you want and 
more than likely that is not going to come from inanimate objects. It's not going to come from money. It's not going to come from stuff. It's not going to come from your kids. It should not come from your kids unless you plan on taking advantage of their relationship, your relationship with them. So it's probably going to come from other people, whether that's a counselor, a pastor, a frat brother, a sister, an older sister, an older brother, a cousin that, you know, lives, looms large in your life, an older cousin or, a, you know, somebody that, you know, a mentor, you need to reach out to this person and say, hey, look, I am struggling with X, Y, Z. And you got to be real transparent and real ballsy to be transparent and say, I'm struggling with this and I need you to act as this type of person in my life to check me, to help me grow in area a, B, C, D. And for me, it went all the way up to Z. So, <laughs> um, you know, um, that has been my year growing and developing and, and, and doing my best to not spaz out every time the news comes on with something new that our new president has said or done or some, something that has gone wrong with terrorism and all the rest of that. I have, you know, and then even in my personal life, Things do not go as planned. I'm, I'm, I've become a very big planner of my life. I have my plans written down pretty much in a, in a secure space, and I consult those plans weekly, not so much daily, but weekly. And some things really went off course for me this year. But, you know, I took it with grace. I said, you know what, God, this wouldn't be happening unless there was a reason, your reason for it. And I'm not going to be mad because I have been through the worst of times. Worst of times was losing my family, right? So if I could lose my family and watch my, my father go from a PhD, brilliant PhD academic dean to, you know, almost a childlike status. If I could endure that, if I could work through that, if I could work through losing my, 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 my wife and, um, you know, becoming a part-time dad. And I say that I'm a full-time father. I see my kids, you know, 50% of the time. That's the arrangement that we have. But because I don't tuck my daughter in every night, I am a part-time father. And I had to come to grips with that and get over my resentment over that. But, you know, if I could deal with that, if I could deal with losing my job and being unemployed for eight months, then, one, what could happen to me short of death that is going to throw me off, off, and off, off, um, off kilter. And then two, because I've already went through that stuff, gone through that stuff, shame on me. If I spaz out the way that I spazzed out before, or if I fall apart the way that I fell apart before, or if I collapse in on myself, the way I collapsed in on myself before. So when things kind of went off track in June, July of my life, I threw a party for myself, invited everybody I knew. It rained during my party, which was an outdoor party. And I danced anyway. And for the first time in my life, I got it. I got that joy belongs to me. I got that happiness is mine. I got the whole thing about if you can dance in the rain, if you can sing and dance in the rain, then blah, blah, blah. However that saying goes, I get it. Because I determined that I was not going to let anything steal my joy. I started to work out heavily in July. I started to take time for myself. I started to, I took a professional development class. I bought more furniture, anything and everything that in, instead of collapsing in on myself, I basically started walking around like I had a million bucks. And I think that in turning a middle finger, and that's exactly what I did in turning a middle finger to my circumstances, I rose above them. And I've had more than more than a few people tell me that I have been a model to them as, you know, how to operate with grace under fire. And I've also learned how to take compliments. So I just say thank you rather than diminishing what they say or saying, oh, no, nah, whatever, because this person or these persons are telling me how I've helped them become better, pers better people through the example that my life has become for them. So. Far be it for me to diminish that by saying, oh, no, nah, I ain't no big deal, you know. Um, so why don't we just jump right in? So I am not shy about my faith. I am not shy about my pain. I am not shy about my path. And I'm no longer desirous of fitting in. I'm not trying to be accepted by everybody at the, at, you know, in the clicks, in the clicks at the gym. 
you know, if I go out to functions and, you know, nobody talks to me, so what? Because I try, I go, I do a lot of stuff by myself. Just saw the Roots recently. Oh my God, live. And this was, I saw them live. I'm saying live, like, you know, they were live and I saw them live. <laughs> um, such an amazing experience. But I went, I, I wound up going with a friend and then bumped into a couple more friends and then wound up having dinner with some other friends that I saw after the concert that were at the concert. But that all has everything to do with the fact that I just roll solo and I don't let anybody stop me from doing the things that I want to do. Why? Because I've spent my entire life waiting for people to do the things that I want to do with me and never doing them. Then I was running around behind them doing things that maybe I wanted to do, but more nine times out of 10 that I didn't things that weren't growing me, weren't developing me. And then in, in, in retrospect, why should something that somebody else is doing grow and develop me when it's for them and not for me? And if people don't want to participate or don't want to be a partner with me on things, then so be it, you know? And I say that to anybody listening, if somebody doesn't want to help you be, I mean, sorry, participate, be on the bus ride with you on your journey and ride that bus alone. Cause best believe that bus is going to be making some stops and picking up people along the way. I joined a, a, a spin class. I talk about it incessantly. If you follow me on Instagram or have seen stuff, my trainer stuff, I'm all over his recap videos or whatever. I went in there and I was incredibly nervous um about the whole experience um i was i was incredibly nervous about it i'm 46 years old everybody in my class is like 20 years younger than me 15 to 20 years younger than me 10 eh, 11 to 20 years younger than me i haven't been to a gym in who knows how long but i did it and i kept showing up and i kept showing out and now I am one of the, uh, you know, I am, I'm just a dead, I'm not going to say what degree of, you know, athlete I am in this particular class, but I shed 25 pounds going on 30 pounds. Didn't even think I needed to leave, lose that much weight. I'm in the best shape of my life. I feel great. I love life. And I have made a ton of friends through that, that experience through spinning, you know, through going out to events by myself. Um, and here we are new year's eve and i am just encouraging anybody who listens to be your best you to be your most authentic you do not try to fit in if you don't feel like you're fitting in guess what if you don't fit in that is probably a good thing all the people that entertain us all the people that play the sports and do all the things that we pay to go see did not fit in at some point in their time in in life you know all the people that we're clamoring to get next to don't understand why they're so good at the things that they do. Wish we could, would have done, would have, should have, could have done those different kinds of things. All those most suckies, all those people were people that were on the outside of things, on the quote unquote outside looking in. And now we're all looking at them because I guess maybe they tossed up their shoulders and decided to do their own thing. Maybe they just did their own thing and, you know, said, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying for me at 46 years old, I'm done fitting in. I'm done trying to do the nine to five only and not pursue my dreams. Um, I have a family. I'm going to be fair to my family and make sure that they're provided for and taken care of and all the rest of that stuff. But life is short. Life is short. To anybody listening, say it out loud. Life is short. Um, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And there is no reason to put off to tomorrow what you can do today. There's no reason to have New Year's resolutions, you know, and say you're going to start in January. In November, if you're talking about what you're going to do in January, in November, then you might as well just start the next day. Five minutes after you say what you're going to say, if you make a proclamation about what you need to do, then just do it. So that way you go into the next year strong versus trying to start versus ending where you're coming from weak and then tr tricking yourself into believing that you're going to start somewhere else strong. No, you just start wherever you are. And it doesn't matter where you start. What matters is that you do start. Right. So. One of the things that I learned in my solo travails this year my solo travels and my solo travails this year 
one of the things that I learned or one of the things that I didn't learn is about who I am as a man, what I like, what I don't like, what my triggers are, what sets me off, what drives me crazy, how to forgive. That's the last episode, episode um, 10, how to forgive. Um, you know, I've learned gratitude. I've learned grace. I've learned mercy. Um, I've learned empathy. Um, you know, in forgiving my uh, ex-wife as best as I can, as best I could, um, I guess I generated some sort of energy um, in the universe so that she would come to me and have a heart to heart to me with me about us. And, you know, I had no choice but to empathize with some of the things that she was saying to me um, doesn't change, you know, our situation. However, um, it is really hard um, to hold a grudge or have energy against someone when they share their pain. And they share that they've been operating from a painful place for a very long time. Because then you recognize that it's not that you don't matter. It's not that you were just collateral damage. But it just lets you know that it wasn't exactly personal. And if you've reached a certain level of maturity in your life, you can accept that when something isn't personal, it was just going to happen no matter what. And then if you go really far back in the episodes, I don't know, like three, four episodes, like episode three, episode four, then you recognize that those things that come to you that are painful, just like a painful workout, just like a hard test, just like a pledge in a fraternity or a sorority. Um, those tests, those things that come, those painful events that come from people that you don't want those painful events to come from, those are the same tests as having to do like, 50 burpees in a minute or double unders on the jump rope or, you know, take that final in physics and you hate physics. It's all the same thing. If you pick the right perspective, which is this is for my good or this did not come to destroy me, but there is a lesson in this. This is going to propel me forward to be a better person. This thing that is happening to me right now. I pledge, I declare that it will not happen again because I'm going to learn so much from this that should it happen again, I'm sorry, because you can't control what's going to happen or not happen. Should it happen again, I am going to be this type of person when it happens. I'm not going to be out of control. I'm not going to be all over the place. I'm not going to be complaining to everybody that doesn't want to hear anything that I have to say. No, I am going to navigate, manage, and survive. I'm going to put coping strategies in place. I am going to have a, you know, I'm going to have a good diet so that, you know, I'm eating well. I'm going to have a workout routine so that instead of like crying in my beer, going through a tub of ice cream, sitting in front of the television and devouring a box of Frosted Flakes, that's that's me all day. <laughs> I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to jump on a bike. I'm going to do 150 pushups. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to do all these different kinds of things that I have available to me as coping strategies so that I will persist. I am going to choose joy no matter what. I am going to love my life no matter what. Why? Because it's a gift. I don't know who gave it to me. You know, clearly my parents gave me my life, but God decided that I'm here. So here's another thing, right? God decided that I'm here. And I used to struggle with this all the time. Why am I here? Why am I here? Well, I don't exactly 100% know why I'm here. Uh, real talk. I do believe I'm here to make people's lives better. I did not believe that I was going to have to go through some ish. Some messy, 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 messy ass mess to become a contributor to others. However, I do believe I'm here for the benefit of others. I don't think I'm here for me. Um, I think I'm here to experience some of the good things of life. But I do believe that like the things that I've been through and the way that I translate my stories um, into things that people can relate to. I think that's my benefit. I just kind of would have personally, you know, looking back, preferred to have been spared some of the lessons that I had to learn. I mean, you know, I could have heard somebody else's stories and then maybe repurposed them. I don't know. They didn't have to be personal. You know what I mean? But I digress. Um, so here's the thing, right? In 2018, what do I resolve to do? What do I, what did I start doing that I plan to continue into 2018? I plan to continue healthy eating. I plan to continue living life as large as I possibly can. 
I plan to continue to be empathetic. I plan to continue to have forgiveness because for all the stuff that I have done and continue to do on a almost daily basis, I know that my God forgives me. So if he can forgive me for all the messy stuff that I do, all the terrible thoughts that I think and more times than not don't speak on, then who am I to not forgive somebody that does something to me if they're willing to forgive me? I mean, willing to come and apologize to me. And, you know, honestly, here's the other thing about forgiveness, right? You don't even got to worry about You don't even have to wait for their apology to forgive a person because, I mean, you don't need to be carrying around that toxicity in you, the, the, the toxicity of resentment and hate and anger for someone who didn't have the wherewithal to do any better than they did when they were with you. This is, and I'm not talking about relationships. I mean, yeah, relationships, boss, someone who smashed your car to bits while you were in traffic, but you lived, you know, um, a kid that robbed your crib, even though you have homeowner's insurance. Like, I get it. It's painful, but you lived. You're here talking about it. Don't commiserate on it. Take the lessons from it. Be grateful, right? So, in 2018, I pledged to not fit in. I pledged to be a little uh, more open about my love of God. And I plan to continue to experience joy, you know, harvest and manifest joy from within and share it with others. And uh, I plan to give love. Now, whether I receive love in return and all the rest of that, who knows? But I plan to give love um, as much as I possibly can. And when I was deciding what I was going to talk about for this podcast, like pretty much how to love in 2018, I think is what I'm going to title this. Um, I had to go back in order to be right here. So um, I wrote a poetry book way back in the day. Um I did it in, I published it in like 1999 and then I published it again, I think in 2001, but I wrote the poems when I was in, like in the early nineties, like 95, 96, 97. And what was pretty amazing about it is the kind of information that was getting downloaded that I was pumping out considering that, you know, I ain't know nothing. I hadn't been through nothing. I was talking about love as if I had had whirlwind torrid affairs. I had not been through anything in no 18, 19 years of age, but I had some kind of ability to process pain and make it at the time way bigger than it needed to be. And probably in general, more bigger than it needed to be. So anyway, I went back to this poetry book that I wrote. It's called I See Through Eyes. You want to check it out? It's on Amazon.com. Um, you just type in Eric Payne. I, the letter I, see through eyes. And um, it'll be a picture of an uh a, a young girl holding a baby. That's my grandmama. Um, back in 1922, and she's got long uh pigtails going down to her waist, and she's holding up this real chubby fat baby. That's my oldest uncle on my dad's side. So anyway, found a couple of poems about. I mean, I had a whole lot of poems in here about love, but I figured I'd share a couple of the poems about what I thought love was, or what my attitude was about love in when I was in my late teens. So I'm going to do one or two or three poems um, and keep it as short and sweet as possible. So the first one is called My Heart. My Heart question mark. So uh, my heart. So it goes, what is in my heart? I really do not know. The love that dwelt so strong in me, the thief slowly stole. Nothing that was blatant or noticeable to my eye but a slow, methodic process that left me quite beguiled. I'm tired of giving and being left with nothing in return. I'm tired of living and watching my expectations burn. Whose heart will be there for me when I need someone, when I need some love and care? Even though I am a man, my heart carries much despair. I am a man now with no feeling, afraid to want, afraid to care. What used to be so strong in my heart could very well be hot air. Again, I hadn't lived long enough to be pumping out that kind of like information. I mean, it definitely applies to, I mean, any number of people, you know, at various points in their lives. But I, I know personally I had not been through enough to create this. 
but I did. Um, it's mine. I wrote it. Um, it's copyright. It's copywritten. Um, but essentially, what I'm talking about is failed expectations and not believing that anybody is equipped to be there for me. Um, and you know, as a 19 year old, I had expectations, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting for things, but you know. I don't think that you should have expectations of other people now. I think that I've, I've learned that you shouldn't have expectations of others, but rather you should take them as they are and then decide what you're going to deal with. So that's the lesson from that. And then there should never be any afraid. There should never be a, a, a fear of wanting. You know, why would you be afraid to want? I mean, I, I get it 100%, but there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, want what you want. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, you just... You know, and I don't say you just like it's easy. I'm saying you shift gears and you you continue. You you have hope. That's what faith is all about. You have faith. If if what you want hasn't arrived yet, then you just continue to have faith that it will continue to proclaim it every day. Pray for it. If that's what you do. Have hope, have faith, believe. So the next poem is romance. And this one has a question mark after two. I don't know what this was all about. It's called. So it's romance. <laughs> The dance, perchance, between two souls, out of control, bound for a kiss, sometimes might miss the chance for love, divine from heaven above. But never say never, because you can make what you want last forever. The dance, the stance, perchance, romance, the moment where nothing matters, only time will truly define. The end. So in this one, I guess, I think, um... I'm talking about the, you know, the fleetingness of romance, but the fact that you can create a relationship that will stand the test of time or be whatever it is that you want it to be, but you have to make it, you have to make it so. And that thing that you build with that other person is what really matters. Nothing else matters, but that matters. And it defies, you know, bad times, good times. It defies time. It just stays. It's something that, you know, you write about, you read about, that gets passed down in storyline stories from griots, from one family member to the other. Oh, I remember when auntie whoever and uncle Eric did blah, 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 blah. They were such a cute couple. You know, that kind of stuff. The stuff of memories. Um... Let me see. There's one more maybe that I want to read. Uh, there's one more that I want to read. I'm not sure. Yeah, all right. I wasn't going to, I was going to read one, but I've decided to read another one. So it's called Petals Against My Skin. An undulating current, cor cor Petals Against My Skin. An undulating current courses through me. It's you inside of me. I want to reach out to you to hold you in my arms, to buffer you against the storm that brews bubbling slowly around us both. But you don't know who I am, and I want to stand and proclaim my love for you, but I'm scared. Scared that you might not see things the way I do. Scared that you might not know love the way I do when I look at you. Am I obsessing? Could it be in some hocus pocus? Could it be some hocus pocus got left on my doorstep and when I tracked the dust across my floor, I saw you and was hooked? But honestly, I was, but honestly, the truth. One day when I was walking along, the birds began singing songs in the air above me. I looked into the skies and to my surprise, they were singing to me about you. Little birdie on the lower tree branch said, cherish your smile. The other one with the red plumage on his chest said that you breathe the breath of a goddess. But before I could ask more, the red chest squawked to the smaller and then they were both gone. Leave me alone to decide on my own about you. I drank the nectar of your vision. Passionate and kind it was. The breath of life your smile conceived was the one that nothing could deceive. The sight of you. Glorious, spectacular, beautiful you. I knew you then as I do now that at some point I must make you mine. I can imagine the scent of you, your sound, your touch, like petals against my skin, but I'm scared. Scared that you might not see things as I do. Scared that you might not know love the way I do when I look at you. So I took a poetry course um, while I was writing all of this stuff. 
um, and uh, I think I was in grad school, um, and you know I I yeah grad school, and I did I had written those poems a little bit after nineteen and twenty. Some of them were nineteen, but they were like it was more like between twenty and twenty two that I wrote those poems. So the thing is this. My professor said, you write a lot of precoitus poems. And I said, well, what does that mean? <laughs> um, I'm pretty good with the vocab, but I missed that one. So I, my, a lot of my poetry was about the passion and the tension and the, 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 the well, no, I'm sorry, post-coitus, sorry. The, the, the denouement, I, I wrote a lot about the after effects, the crash and burn of love and all the rest of that. And I would say that that's kind of a, a shallow understanding or a surf one one facet love is multifaceted right um i know it's always up for debate what is love but love is multifaceted and um i was writing very heavily on just one facet of what love is so let's move right along i became a blogger upon getting married in 2007 <laughs> So in the following spring, February of two, I got married in 2007. Following 2008, I began to blog. Um, I had a blog called Makes Me Want to Holler. It was pretty popular for a little while. Um, got to know digital pretty well back in the day. So I wrote for eight years, seven, eight years um, about marriage and fatherhood. And, you know, it was it was all that. It was all that. I had a great time being an influencer. I had a great time meeting a lot of people that are in the digital space now, heavyweights in the digital space a lot now. We were all trying to figure it out back in the day. The difference between them and me is that I stopped. I stopped to do my family thing and get a regular job. They kept going and they manifested the things that they were trying to do in the digital space. And I applaud and love them for sticking to their guns. Um, both men and women, both white and black and Spanish, especially, especially Latina and Latino, Latina bloggers are all that, like they just do the damn thing. Um, so they have mucho, mucha fuerza as they say. So anyway, um, found a couple blog posts. So the first stuff that I read was about, you know, when I was young and didn't know anything so this is these are some of the things that i wrote when i was uh married and you know it's hard because i had like a thousand articles on my blog over a thousand articles but um i well, actually i think i'm just gonna read one um healthy marriage four things to consider and do let's face facts love is a mystery especially in today's time it's as elusive as the cat burglar that cleans out a jewelry store without anyone noticing. Dating myself here as I think about the Pink Panther movies of yesterday. I'm always talking about dating myself. I wrote this stuff like seven years ago. Anyway, but here's the thing. Getting back to the article. But here's the thing. Love is elusive because we allow it to be. We are distracted by everything in all caps, including the actions of the one we claim to love. Oftentimes we allow our spouse lovers isms and bad days to dictate who we are and how we opt to act toward them but being with someone loving them is a choice something that that other person by virtue of the definition of love shouldn't be able to control so for example most parents love to choose their most parents choose to love their children no matter what they do because they love that person so much their actions can't prevent them from loving them i tell my daughter that all the time I don't, I can't imagine and prefer not to speak on anything that she could possibly do that would separate me from my love of her. Um, and she really has no idea how serious I am about that. So getting back to the article. <sighs> a parent hopes that through love, a child will grow, excel, and flourish. The notion that the ownership of a child that comes with parenthood is the driver for this kind of love, unconditional love, may be true. But the fact remains, most parents, no matter how burned up they are by their child's actions, choose to love them anyway. That choice is so natural, so automatic, 
most don't even realize they are in fact choosing and not feeling love. Here are four simple steps that you can do to inject a healthy dose of unconditional love into your marriage. Kindness is free. Don't use it sparingly. Share it as much as you can. The little things matter. Make them count. Don't, number three, don't follow your heart. Lead it. In other words, stop acting out of anger, worry, or fear. Stop letting bad days dictate who you are to the ones that you love. If something is growing, going wrong, then roll up your sleeves and then do your part to make it right. Bring your greatness to every situation. Don't let anyone or anything prevent you from being your authentic you. I wasn't even authentic back then, and I wrote that. Point four, give the one you love a big hug. Look them in the eye, tell them to have a great day, and smile. Even if they seem a bit put off or don't reciprocate, their day will be so much better for it. What's in it for you? You might be asking yourself, well, good karma begets good karma. Maybe not today, maybe not even tomorrow, but it will happen. It is inevitable as per the universe. By no means will following these four steps alone create the perfect marriage. But if you aren't already doing this, they will begin to prime your mindset towards having a better marriage. One in which you value your partner and are less phased by the little things that come between you that ultimately do not matter. Spread love. (laughs) Spread love. Folks, the day before it becomes 2018, my strong, strong, strong bit of advice to you, if I am, if I may give it, if I am authorized to give it, is to spread love. Um, and what is love? Love is waking up in the morning and thanking God for a new day to breathe life. And experience the adventures that await you. Hustle hard, hustle hard, if that's what you do. Love is giving thanks for all that you have. Leaving little space for focus on what you don't have. And resolving to to, to either accept that you don't have it and you're going to do okay without it. Or figuring out how to get those things that you want. Love is saying hi to strangers with a smile on your face. And asking them if they're having a good day. Because there's a strong possibility that no one else has. I'm at the store. I ask people on checkout line how, how, how they're doing. Talk about their kids and their families or whatever. I mean, do I, 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 I genuinely care. Why? Because I'm sure in those roles, people just want what they want. And they just, you know, they treat them like the machinery that they operate. I mean, I've seen it. And they reciprocate. But, you know, when you say hi and how things going, how was your Christmas? You know, what are you doing for New Year's? They don't even know what to do. And they're just so much better. You know, they feel they seem so much more enlightened by it. Um, Love is expecting nothing but the best from others because you expect nothing but the best from yourself. And that's all about self-love. Love is having the empathy to understand that. Someone else's pain is no reflection on you and shouldn't be taken personally, even when it hurts. Now, you need to do something as much as you can to protect yourself from that pain, especially if it's ongoing and you might have to separate yourself from that source of pain. But in time, I pray that you do not take it personally and get out of your feelings so that you can react so that you can respond appropriately and not react emotionally. Um, love is choosing to be happy, choosing joy even when things aren't going your way, and giving others your best no matter what. Being honest enough with yourself and others to know when it's time to be alone. Because there are some days where you're like, look, I'm going to have to throw in the towel. I'm going to be real bad today. Be honest with yourself. Don't beat yourself up for being human. Love, if you really love yourself, then you'll accept that you have bad days. You know, I'm, my mood sucks today. I am in a terrible mood. Leave me alone. I am in a terrible mood. Please just check in on me. Make sure I'm all right. Talk to me all, tomorrow, whatever. And I know, you know, some people might be like, yo, this dude is not for real. Or like, what's up with this dude? Why is he so like soft? Or why is he so emotional or whatever? Man, I have been through hell. And I don't really care what anybody thinks about me. 
this is what I have determined works best for me. And I am trying to share for the benefit of others. So, you know, for all the women that are listening, you know, I hope this matters. I hope it resonates with you. For any guys that you have listened to this or any guys that do listen to this, look, fall back, get with some other dudes that have a similar mindset. Or if you, you know, if you too, who rock too hard to, you know, be open about this, don't be open about it. Keep a journal, you know, but be open with yourself, right? You don't owe anybody anything and nobody owes you anything, but you owe it to yourself to be honest with who you are. All right, moving right along. Love is taking the time to stick around to hear someone's answer after you ask them how they are doing. Love is knowing that other people matter too. Love is having the courage to pray for everyone, even those who hate you, if you're a praying person. Love is patience with yourself and others. Love is kindness, even when you don't know want to be kind. I'm not saying don't be fake. I'm not, I'm not telling you to be fake, rather. I'm not saying smile like, huh, when you don't want to smile, because that border, that's borderline petty. But if you have the opportunity to be kind, don't withhold kindness because you're feeling some kind of way. Because there's going to be a day when you need something, and someone who's not feeling some kind of way is going to be kind to you just because they see the need that needs to be filled. Don't screw yourself out of a situation because I ain't feeling like that today. Like, don't do that to yourself. Love is putting yourself last without making anyone better than you. Meaning, be a servant to others. This is piggybacking on the point that I just made. Meaning, being a servant to others, but don't be their slave. Don't be an emotional slave. Don't be a physical slave. Don't be a intimate slave like especially in today's day and age all that stuff is getting put on front street serve others but don't be their slaves love is hope for tomorrow based on good decisions made today good decisions and good actions taken today so here's the thing man we're really not here for ourselves i mean social media would suggest that we are celebrity gossip would suggest that we are Music would suggest that we are some some areas of music that we suggest would suggest that we are, but we are here to make the lives of uh, all of those around us better. And if we can do that, you know, on the microcosm, just imagine what can happen on the macrocosm. <sighs> I have decided that in 2018, my personal passion is to, my personal pers- my purpose rather is to make the lives of others better. Um. My personal purpose is not to participate in anything that is not growing me and helping me to serve myself and others. So if I'm not growing for it, from it, and it's not making me better and helping me to make others better, then I have decided to take the hard line and I am going to have to take the hard line to set myself free from those things. No good will come of me not showing up as my best self. Doing things that will prevent me from being my best self. Because if I'm not my best self for me, there's no way I'm going to be my best self for anyone else. So I pass that advice along to anyone listening. If you want the best out of life, then be the best for yourself so that you can be the best for your girlfriends, your homeboys, your your girlfriends, your crew, your clique. (laughs) your tribe, your village, your family, your coworkers, your church circle group, your community, your dogs, your cats, all of that. Because they even respond to you. You know, I have a couple dogs. Um, Well, I have dogs that interact with me. They come in and out of my life, depending on when my son comes by. So, you know, they matter. Um, Look, I'm about to close this out. Spread love. I love all of you. I have had a ball this year. I mean, I had to take a break from it because I was getting too negative. I was still angry. I was still caught up in my mess. So I had to take a a break from podcasting because talking about my stuff was making me angry. And making the three-headed dog that was my divorce and all the rest of that stuff, it kept roaring and barking and haunting me in my dreams and keeping me up at night. But... I have had a so I had to take a break, but I got back on track and I didn't finish the year with 12 podcasts, but I did I am finishing it with 11. 
So that's once a month. I mean, you know, the goal originally was twice a month, but I'm perfectly satisfied with month, once a month. Um, if you average it out, I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for the people that have signed up on SoundCloud. I'm thankful for all the people that have signed up on iTunes. I'm thankful for the people that I introduced that, you know, all the Android, Google people. I'm thankful that I found that I could put it on Google Play so they can have a place to listen to it. Um, the people that are on Stitcher, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for coming back to hear me ramble. You know, family guy, clown podcasters, talking to yourself into a computer. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. But I'm hoping that whatever it is I'm saying is helping you being a better person. I hope that this helps you be a better person. I hope you take this, not word for word, but take the stuff that matters to you and then apply it to your life, to the lives of the people that you love and the lives of the people that you don't love. I wish all of you a prosperous, an amazing, a fantastic, an incredible, a greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than, great 2018. Spread love, peace, and peace and love. This has been the Pain to Power podcast, the last one of 2017. Thank you for tuning in, clicking in, logging in, dialing. Thank you. And I will see you in the new year. Well, no, I'm not going to see you at all until I start doing this stuff live and in person. Yaha. So wait for that because that is definitely going to happen if you're interested in meeting me in the flesh and talking um, in some sort of group format type lecture series type thing. But until then, I'll, you'll hear from me in 2018. Peace. Be blessed, and I love you all. Spread love. <laughs>